This is an AMI podcast. With flus and colds making their rounds again, what better way to feel comfy than drinking some nice herbal teas? Today on Outdoors with me, Lawrence Gunther, Lily and I will be learning all about teas that are meant to make you feel better. Traditional teas used by First Nations people at the Mohawk of Aquasasne community. We'll also be sharing some tips for brewing up the perfect cup of tea, and I'll be reflecting on some of the teas I like to drink and why. Come on, Lewis, let's go find Miss Lily and drink some nice warm teas. It's cold out here. Getting schooled with Miss Lily. Hey, Lily, I know you like teas as much as I do, and uh, we're both interested in teas that promote health. Our guest for this podcast, Lily, is Seteogwin Bucktooth. She's a member of the Mohawks of Aquasasti, and she just opened up a tea shop called Snipe Clan Botanicals. That's the Mohawk community where we helped Bluefish Canada at their River Day celebrations in in February 2020. You were there. Yeah, you, It was Mia. my birthday. Yeah, that's right. We t- I took you on your birthday. You and me and your sister Alexandra went down there for the day and had the table set up there, met all those amazing people. Lily, what can you tell us about the Mohawks of Aquasasne? This is from the Mohawks of Aquasasne website. Mohawk of Aquasasne are part of the Haudenosaunee or Iroquois people. The Haudenosaunee creation story, the Thanksgiving address, the great law of peace, and the two-row wampum, and the code of Handsome Lake are the foundation of the Haudenosaunee culture. Each represent a unique way of thinking, being, seeing, and a protocol that is grounded in the environment and in a respect for all living things. The turtle which symbolically represents the formation of the earth among the Haudenosaunee, is one of the many species of life that holds certain responsibilities to the natural world. Humans, as one species, have a responsibility to be the voice for those who cannot talk our language, those of the natural environment of fish, birds, grasses, trees, etc., as well as those unborn, for the natural world and to ensure the cycles of creation continue for all future generations. This sacred trust is evident in the measured way in which our people use the natural resources around them, ensuring that only what was needed was taken so that a species of plant, fish, or wild game would be able to regenerate and flourish in subsequent years and for future generations. That respect for life is a large part of the Thanksgiving address which provides us the opportunity to greet honor and thank all species of creation so that we as humans may survive. Lily, I've heard that Thanksgiving um, story by my friend Henry Lickers. He uh, he was the director of environment for the Mohawks of Aquasasti, and now he's a commissioner with the International Joint Commission. He gave that Thanksgiving presentation at a meeting I was at, and I would have loved to have recorded it, but I know not even to ask because you can't record things like that. That's too sacred. But boy, oh boy, was it stirring. We have a lot to learn from the First Nation people, I uh, yeah, they didn't. They don't teach us much about it in school. They didn't teach me much about it, that's for sure. And the little bit they did teach was pretty much all wrong. But we have our guest, Tateo Gwen Bucktooth, who can teach us about teas. I'm looking forward to that. Time for the bucket list.
Welcome, Satya Gwen, to Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. Lawrence and I have some questions for you. Before we start, maybe you could tell us a bit about yourself. I'm the owner of Snipe Clan Botanicals, and that started a few years ago when I was lucky enough to be accepted as an apprentice um, in the traditional medicine and healing for the uh, Akwazesne Cultural Restoration Program. So it was a four-year apprenticeship, and I was you know, learning and asking questions and talking with people and learning from my masters. And when we got towards the end of the four years, I start thinking about, you know, how am I going to apply all these skills that I've learned into, you know, my future? I'm currently a home-based business and a few stores in Akwazasne as well as in Gahnawage carry my products. I've been working on a website. You know, I frequent the craft fairs. There hasn't been a whole lot of in-person um, events, so it's been a little tough as a business. But, you know, I'm still trying to get myself into stores and out there and do classes and things of that nature. I follow your Instagram postings, and I really like what you're uh, doing with the different serums for skin, hair, and stuff. How did you learn about the different way those serums work? As part of the program, we were doing different teas for people, and then we start making salves and different types of tinctures, um, so all the different forms that you use are plant medicines in and then when I start making everything and learning uh, about all the other things that I could be doing with plants it just kind of snowballed from there and I started making a hair serum and a face serum and different things like that so uh, I have quite an array of products and I I can't seem to stop making new ones (laughs) Uh, a lot of them It came from, well, you know, started with the teas and what are the benefits of teas internally. Um, A lot of vitamins and minerals come from our teas and like our tinctures, it's, you know, the different tannins and some stronger stuff in there. And then with the salves, there was also a lot of topical treatments. So kind of started with the salves and what they're good for topically. And then I just kind of applied that to uh, like a beauty line. Um, as I got a little bit older and wanted to take care of my my skin and my hair and just a little bit more self-care and then learning about how unregulated the beauty industry is, it just made me think about what I was putting on my skin every day. And so that's why I started um, the face serum and hair serum. You mentioned you now have a two-year-old daughter and we could hear her there in the background. Are you making a... Uh, tinctures and serums and such for uh, children as well? I did make a couple things. I mean, she's only two. She's my first kid, my first child. Uh, When people would ask for things, I would kind of make uh, a couple things for them. And uh, when I had my daughter, I started to, you know, really realize like all the things that you need as a parent for your children. So um, I think I made like a tummy tamer. It's a glycerite and for children you know if they have upset stomach a salve that could be used for diaper rash and eczema that was you know baby safe so it started to include things that I would use for her. Uh, Where do you find all the ingredients for your different teas tinctures serums and salves Uh, do you forage for them in the wild? That can be a little bit tricky because when when the plants are ready 
they're ready. There's like a small window of opportunity when things are, you know, in blossom or when the berries are there, you got to beat the birds. Like when I go to um, one of my aunts and has a, a cabin on St. Regis Island. And so um, she lets me go there to harvest some of my elderberry and elderflower. And they also have a lot of yarrow and stinging nettle and all kinds of stuff. So I'll go to some of our islands to gather um, around my house. My parents, I, I live in the house that I grew up in. And so they had the forethought to, you know, plant a few trees that were like I have black walnut the white pine, um, some cedar, there's a lot of mints and comfrey. So a lot of that was already growing here. And then I started to, um, I planted a garden and then I planted another garden. And so it's just kind of been growing over the years and that's just straight around my house. It sounds like much of this is part of your heritage. How far back do some of these things go in time? It's kind of funny you say that because when I was doing, going through the uh, cultural restoration program, ACR, we were going to different territories. You know, we went to Kahnawake, um near Montreal. We went out to Six Nations. That's just outside of Toronto, uh, Onondaga. Uh, we went to Seneca country and we learned from all these uh, medicine people and healers. And then we also started taking uh, an herbalist approach. So we went to Massachusetts for the International Herb Symposium. We learned from, we spent a weekend with Susan Weed, who is a very well-known herbalist. And, and then when I was reading the books, it was kind of like, oh, well, historically Native Americans have used X, Y, and Z. And it was a little, uh, I don't know, frustrating because as a Native person, I'm, it's not historically speaking. It's like, no, we still use those today. Do you think the people who wrote these books received permission to include the Native remedies in their books? You know, anthropologists would come and talk to the different people. And there's one book in particular that's um, a little, when you read through it and you're like, it's good for what? They used it for what? And then you kind of wonder, are, you know, Native people have pretty good sense of humor and some of the stuff I, I, <laughs> I, I wonder if they were just you know like this anthropologist they're just gonna pull their leg and you know feed them this information that they're gonna chuckle about later on and now it's a published book and it's historically speaking natives have used this and <laughs> uh, yeah because if you've ever met a medicine person or healer we're, we're a little bit we can be a little stingy with our information, um, but that also goes back to, you know, how it was basically illegal to be an Indigenous person and practice our, our culture and our ceremonies. So I kind of think it's a little bit tied, tied to that. Maybe you need to get your own book or podcast out there. I've been talking with a friend of mine. She's a doctor from John Hopkins, and she's been trying to get a podcast going. Um, for a couple of years now, but just can't seem to secure the funding or anything. And so we're, we're kind of working at it. And I have played around with the idea of writing a book, but you know, that's a serious <laughs> undertaking. <laughs> you have a great website with lots of information. Uh, can you share the website address for our listeners? Um, they can go to www.snipeplanbotanicals.com. I've been on your website and it works really well for people like me who are blind, uh, who use talking computers. 
Oh, wow. Awesome. That's good to know. Yeah, I'm trying to make it as, you know, accessible and user friendly as possible. Lily and I have prepared the five teas you sent us. The first one is red clover. So red clover, I absolutely love. She makes herself available to us for a very long time. You know, she'll start to blossom in, you know, maybe the end of May and she'll blossom right up until October, almost November, you know. So uh, she's a medicine that's, well, she's not from here in North America. Uh, we have naturalized the, the medicinal uses. She's chocked full of vitamins and minerals, um, great for your all-round health. The more you drink, the the better your system will become. Um, Helps with cardiovascular health, lymphatic health, um, blood, all-round well-being. And it's a very mild-flavored tea, so it's not something that you're going to have a hard time drinking every day. Here you go. This is red clover. Okay. Oh, a nice little cup. Thank you. It's got a very mild bouquet, you know, it's a kind of reminds me of beautiful summer fields. Let me try it. It reminds me of candy, kind of. I could drink that all day. It's beautiful. It's nice and uh, nice and soft. It's really, really tasty, but not overwhelming. The, the smell kind of reminds me of like licorice or something, red licorice. Does it? Mm-hmm. Mm, I like the taste. It's chill, right? Yeah, it's very chill. Am I allowed to say chill? No, <laughs> never. So, Dad, this is the raspberry leaf tea. Yeah. And I saw a few videos on the old TikTok Instagram premise that people actually smoke this when they want to get over uh, cigarette addictions or marijuana addictions. Oh, I've never heard of that. The raspberries themselves are delicious. Um, and then the leaf is great as a women's medicine. It's a great uterine toner, and it also helps balance out some of our hormones that tend to, you know, we go through a whole cycle each month of how our hormones are just going all over. They're up and down. They kind of help balance that out and make your cycle a little bit more regular. And she's also packed with um, vitamins and minerals, um, vitamin C, iron, magnesium, potassium, things like that. So it just kind of is another gentle one that I love to use um, for just about anybody can drink it. It's it's a great women's medicine, but it's so nutritious that it's great for everybody. It smells really good, but it's it's different than the other one. It smells like eggs. Does it? Is that what you're getting? I smell a little, but not in like a sulfur way, in the ah, other way. Yeah, it's a little sulfur. And let me test it. Sour. Oh, it's, it's, it's a little bit more stringent, isn't it? But it does taste mm-hmm. good. And I'm sure with a bit of honey, it would uh, just I soften like it. a bit. Yeah. I like it. A lot of our plant medicines, they're not caffeinated. They're, that would be more specifically like your green teas, your black tea. Um, they, they're caffeinated. These are like herbal teas. So typically the herbal teas don't have caffeine in them. Um, something like the chaga mushroom does give you a nice natural boost of energy, but that's also not caffeinated oh yeah i know chaga my sister found a piece of that fungus growing in the forest and it was a big piece and she brought some back for us chaga's great great antioxidant um medicine tea to have on hand like it's just so wonderful i like to break mine up into one inch diameter chunks and then i make uh, i fill a pot of water about a gallon plop that one inch chunk per gallon and then i let it simmer on low for about at least three hours. They say a long 
simmer at a low heat kind of brings out the medicine in it. I'll try to drink it all within a day, two tops, uh, but I find chaga will keep in the fridge for, you know, up to a week. Some people have even said two weeks. So the next tea, Dad, this is a very strong one. Okay. This would... is the burdock root. Burdock root. Smell it. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a bit of tobacco, a bit of soil. It smells like dirt. A bit of dirt, a bit of wet charcoal. I'm going to drink like this. dirt and charcoal. I'm going to drink this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink it. It tastes way better than it smells. Does it actually? Yes. Okay. Uh, that's exactly what I was expecting. You know what? It tastes like it I just- It's like grass. It, yeah, but I, I, you know, if I had a cigar, a nice Cuban cigar, this would be the same flavor in my mouth as this tea. Burdock root is very earthy tasting, earthy smelling, and it is a great bitter. I mean, if- you can handle the bitter flavor. It will be great for your digestive system and your liver, um, which, you know, helps keep your, your body clean and free of toxins. And even that's a hormonal balancer because, you know, it helps secrete your, your hormones after they've been used. It is pretty bitter. I always recommend if you can at least do, you know, three days of a bitter tea once a season, your body will thank you for it. Our next tea is chamomile hold out your hand oh chamomile my favorite yeah uh my favorite herbal tea kind of a sissy that way no i love this i depend on this it puts me to sleep at night when i can't sleep it's like your drug dad it's a natural relaxing kind of yeah better than taking sleeping pills that's for sure let's smell it i'm gonna this was hand-picked oh this is this this is the pure stuff no additives you get the honey smell right yeah Oh, it, it does taste like there's honey in it, but there's no honey in well, it. That's chamomile, but this is even more like available to your senses because of the how organic and fresh it is. It really is. Yeah. Well put. I grew a bit in my garden the last two years. It's nice because it's a pretty flower and it's a self-seeding annual. So when I planted it two years ago, um, when it was starting to go to seed, I just kind of gave them a little shake and the seeds fell to the ground and then they popped back up that next season anxiety and calming things down whether it be your mind your digestive system or even for topical uses it you know calms down inflammation when you use it topically as well so and it has a very nice smell and flavor uh lily what's our last tea to try last but not least uh elderflower tea elderflower oh yeah that one i smelled that one it was beautiful smelling yeah yeah it smells the best wow it smells very very you know, feminine. Well, yeah, There's this is a super common perfume note. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, so I'm El- not wrong. No, elderflower is all, is like often in perfume. This is su- super nice. I, it's like fruity kind it of. It is fruity, yeah. It's like a fruit punch. Mm-hmm. I put, you put a little honey in that, you'd have a really nice, sweet, uh, cold drink in the summer. That's for sure. Yeah, I like it. I typically go and collect my elderflower around the end of June, beginning of July. It's the prerequisite of the elderberry. So the elderberry usually will be ready by end of August, beginning of September. Before the berry, it's the flower. It definitely does have a gorgeous aroma. And then when I go and pick it, I'm just covered in yellow pollen because (laughs) (laughs) because it's just, you know, it's a tiny flower that gives us so much pollen. It gets me sneezing a little bit, but actually when you drink it, that's exactly what it's good for. It's really great for your sinuses and your nasal cavity. Like if you have any congestion, 
indigestion or, or inflammation up there. It helps open you back up. Thanks, Ate Okwin, for so much sharing with us. It was really great to have you. I really appreciated it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Outdoor tips and tech. Six degrees on your left, 122 meters. Can you provide us with some tips on how to make the perfect cup of tea? To make the perfect cup of tea, you have to be in a great state of mind, thinking good thoughts, because all of that positivity is going to go into your cup of tea. And then if you treat yourself to a gorgeous teapot or teacup or something you really like, you're more likely to use your tea, drink your tea, and then enjoy your tea. And typically for our flower and leaf medicines, you don't need a whole lot of steeping time, maybe, you know, about 10 minutes, and it doesn't have to be hot, hot boiling water, something a little bit less than a boil. Uh, And then if it's your root medicines, you need to decoct it, which means you do do a low simmer for a couple minutes because they're a little bit harder. They need a little bit uh, higher heat and a little bit more time to get all that goodness out. And that's the same thing. You let it simmer for a couple minutes and then turn it off and let it steep for another few minutes and strain and enjoy. And you can always add uh, raw honey or some lemon and lime to make it that much more enjoyable. Do you always strain your tea just before you drink it? Or do you use some sort of like uh, little filters or uh, capsules like the metal ones I use to put your tea in? It depends on what I have. I have these little stainless steel strainers. So I'll just pull that up and then plop it in my cup. But I usually do about a quart at a time because it's just a little bit easier. If I need to be drinking tea, um, I'll make a quart and just drink it throughout the day. And it's easier with uh, the little stainless steel infusers. There's also teapots with the infusers right in there. There's disposable unbleached paper bags you can fill they even have cute silicone infusers like for individual cups thanks so much for walking us through these tips and for sharing these amazing teas with us i get a real sense that you've taken a, a super holistic approach to all this yeah and if you do the whole process yourself start to finish it gives you a sense of accomplishment and and peace and wholeness because you know you're starting with the seed and you're growing it and then watching it grow is so satisfying and then picking it and drying and then drinking it it's just a full circle and it just makes your spirit feel a little bit happier inside and there's also nothing wrong with going to the store (laughs) and buying it there's that way too (laughs) buy it from me there's nothing wrong with that Lily and I have been buying and sampling teas from stores like David's Teas for years now. We must have had at least four dozen different types of teas coming through our kitchen in the last several years. In the end, though, there's just a handful that I've come to love and depend on. A nice mint tea is great after a big evening meal. It settles the stomach, and it doesn't wake you up so you can sleep better at night. I like to start each day with a mate. It's a tea from Brazil... It has a matine in it, so it gives you a little bit of an energy bump, but not like caffeine, where you get a big jag up and then a big fall down crash afterwards. Mate is a nice, gentle stimulant with no side effects. 
a nice green tea always goes down after lunch. But to be honest, I always have myself an espresso after lunch. It's my only caffeine of the day. I have one espresso a day and it's after lunch. But if I'm having a big meal at lunchtime, I'll have a green tea. It settles the stomach and gives me a little bit of stimulant so I can make it through the afternoon. Chaga tea is a mild stimulant, but it takes a lot to get brewing, that's for sure. There's a lot to it. And you have to find it. If you're going to buy it, it's expensive. I notice, though, that there's a lot of companies now bottling Chaga tea with different flavors. It's an alternative to drinking pop, because this is actually good for you. And yes, I enjoy herbal teas as well, but I don't drink a lot of them because I really didn't understand what each one was good in terms of their medicinal properties. You know, if you drink too much of some of these herbal teas, it can uh, set you off balance a little bit. I like the chamomile, though. That's something I enjoy, especially if I'm having trouble sleeping. If I wake up, I'll make myself a cup of chamomile and yeah, it does the trick. So what's your favorite teas? Drop me a line at info at blindfishingboat.com and let me know what kind of teas you're steeping up in your kitchen. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit me at lawrencegunther.com to keep up to date on my blogs and videos. Subscribe to get the latest episodes of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther by visiting your favorite podcast provider. We're dropping new episodes every Friday, folks. And please take some time to rank us and give us some comments on your podcast provider's site so other people will learn about our new show. Send me your feedback, suggestions, and questions on email at feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at AMI-audio. I want to thank Nazreen Abdel-Majid, Sam Robinson, and Paula Deneen. They're my technicians. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.